0: Welcome to the show, everyone. It is the 9th of November 2020, and I am your host, Byron Pace. I was going to be bringing you a show all about the legal and illegal trade of wildlife around the world, speaking to the head of communications of an organization called Traffic. But you're going to have to wait two weeks for that. It is still coming. Uh, But I postponed it because a friend of mine put up a really fascinating post just a couple of days ago about this giant iceberg that was sailing its way towards South Georgia with potentially quite devastating effects on the island's inhabitants. Uh, There are some positives as well, and we're going to get into that. Uh, But I thought that this is something that's happening right now, so I wanted to cover it on the show. And it's something that you can go and interact with in a way and have a look at some of the satellite imagery. And I'm going to provide the links for that in the show notes. So anything that we talk about, if you want to dig into a little bit more, you can go and actually have a look and see what this giant iceberg is all about and what its current path is. So just for a little bit of background, but we do dig into this, uh, this carved a couple of years ago uh, from the uh, the Antarctic ice shelf, or one of the Antarctic ice shelves. At the time when it carved, it was a, approximately a trillion tons. Now, we give some comparisons of size uh, uh, within the show, but mainly comparing it to the South Georgia, the island itself. But A lot of you have probably never been there, so maybe don't have an idea of how big that island even is. So if you are in the States, this is maybe a good visualization. Uh, It's about the area of Delaware. And if you're in Europe, get two times Luxembourg in terms of size, and you will be pretty close to the area that this iceberg is covering. So I'm speaking with Sarah Roberts, who has been on the show before. Uh, She was the one that brought this to my attention. She is a TV presenter. She is a, a, a children's author. She is a science communicator, and I love having her on the show. So any excuse, here she is telling us all about this giant iceberg a68. Sarah, welcome back to the show. You were on just only a couple of weeks ago, but it was uh, the, the long-form chat. We found out a bit about your life. Uh, we talked about all manner of things, lots of ocean things, the sharks, basalt. But today, you're coming on to talk uh, on the, the science shorts element of the show uh, about an iceberg, about a very, very big iceberg and what's happening with it and potentially the the implications for for wildlife way down south near south georgia tell me a little bit about it now this is uh, you brought it to my attention through instagram through your your outreach and science communication through instagram was like this looks like a really interesting story let me give you a call (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah good old social media it's great for uh great for spreading the science communication messages yeah um so basically the the iceberg is a68 um and it is the largest iceberg ever recorded to break off um last shelf um which it didn't actually happen recently it happened in 2017 but it's It was um, stuck in a bunch of of sea ice um, near Antarctica where it broke away. Um, But recently, um, it has basically entered into Iceberg Alley where it's traveling along now at speed. And there's a potential um, that it may hit the island of South Georgia, which is a big deal because this iceberg is actually pretty much the same size as the island. Um, so to give you some perspective, yeah, it's about the size of Somerset. Um, and it's it's really weird because its dimensions, um, I think scientists actually thought it would have broken down a bit more by now, but it's, it's actually like the same dimensions of a credit card. It's only 200 meters thick, um, but obviously absolutely huge, um, which is going to have massive implications for the wildlife if it does hit the island.
0: Uh, okay, because we're used to... Thinking about icebergs with these really deep keels, uh, mm-hmm. we see this tiny little piece on top, and then this, I, I can't even remember what the proportions, I normally was it uh, 90 10%, uh, 90% below, I can't remember. What 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 normally is the proportions of an iceberg, which mean, would mean that, I mean, South Georgia's is pretty used to icebergs traveling towards it, but these uh, icebergs historically have been caught or drifted away far offshore. That's the difference here, isn't it?
1: yeah I mean so so basically the there's a few factors at play here um i mean this the the size of the iceberg, as I said, is absolutely huge. It's basically like the size of the island again um and right now it is a critical time for wildlife there, especially like the predator species like the penguins and the the seal species on the island. Um, and, you know, when they're feeding their young, just to, to sort of put it into perspective, they're obviously leaving their chicks as a penguin um, in a vulnerable position when they go off at sea to, to find food. But this could mean if the iceberg hits in the way that it, it, it's been predicted that it might, it would sort of swing around the, the bottom end of the island and then actually hit on the west side, which is where all the wildlife is. Um, and that could block their route out to, to sea to go, and, to go and find fish and to find food for their young. And that would sort of mean, I have no idea how much longer that would add on to their journey, but it would have a significant effect um, on the survivability of their young, I should imagine.
0: I vaguely remember reading something, and I, I really wish I'd written it down, um, about an iceberg, uh, not not these proportions, but an iceberg that it also Sort of run aground and had impacted populations of penguins negatively and a number had died um in the last couple of decades
1: yeah I, I i mean there's there's basically there's been a few so so this island like you say it's it's not new um it's not new territory having icebergs land in the area it's it's uh, it's known as an iceberg graveyard and that is just basically the the direction there's usually like a strong southwesterly wind there um and and the the area that it's in from Antarctica does tend to get quite a few different flows of icebergs, um, but I mean that island, South Georgia, it, it's it's home to you know king penguins. It's got the macaroni penguins. Um, it's they are too cool, got, the
0: macaroni uh, penguin.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's got other. other species too and like a huge amount of elephant seals and fur seals i think it's got like 95 percent of the world's population of fur seals that that visit there each year for breeding season um so it's quite an important area in terms of of biodiversity um so yeah i mean and this is all this is all perspective it it may not hit there and and like we were saying i mean i think me and you were discussing earlier that there are actually pros to the iceberg being out in open ocean so it's yeah, it's, yeah. Cool. it's the balance right now
0: <laughs> yeah the i mean the most of the in fact, i think all of all of the media reports that i, that I saw which was like bbc cnn i mean they, they weren't really that in depth none of them mentioned any of the positives at all
1: yeah it is always kind of doom and gloom and really scary isn't it um but there is like i say quite a lot of unknowns right now um but the um the, the main thing, like there's there's been a few studies, um British Antarctic Survey have done a few studies. Um the main one really is the impact on krill. Um so an iceberg at sea, uh, because the icebergs over time they accumulate dust. Um and this is to do with how an iceberg forms, I guess. Um because essentially they they're they're formed like through the glaciers, they're glacier fed. Um, And, you know, they create a sheet of ice. And then when the ice breaks down from that sheet, it forms an iceberg. And because they carry those layers of dust and nutrients, when when they melt in open ocean, they release those layers. And that actually can can feed the krill and create like a real nice krill population um, around the, the icebergs in the ocean. And um, the the benefit there is the the krill are great at carbon fixing. So, you know, they eat all of this dust, this nutrients, and then they essentially poo it out. And that sinks down to the lower levels of the food chain and and right down to the seabed too. To the point where there's actually um, a science study that started last year where scientists are actually able to to sample that different dust from previous ice melts um, on the seabed and they can actually use that to to sort of look at other huge melts um, that have happened in the past. Um, So we're talking like huge melts that could have happened like 120,000 years ago um, or 3 million years ago, um, just to see how climate um, has changed in that time and and what we might be looking to in the future. So there's some really cool and interesting things that you can learn from these icebergs too.
0: Oh, that's really fascinating. Uh, one of the just going back to the back to the negative aspects. One of the things we didn't touch on, but I know that you'd mentioned it to me, uh, was this scouring effect of the seabed with it being such a, a shallow iceberg. And the way I was kind of imagining it is, you know, we talk about the damage that trawlers do to the seabed, or like from repetitive trawling and scraping of the seabed. I mean, I suppose this iceberg not only would sit over a lot of um, seabed if it does run aground, but could drift a long way and scour as it goes until it stops.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So obviously it would probably kill everything on the sea bottom as it does that. And then, then of course, like the shade that it would create in the areas where it's not touching the seabed is going to have a, a huge knock-on effect on things like phytoplankton, Um so anything that photosynthesizes, anything that relies on light, um, yeah, it's going to have a pretty, pretty doom and gloom <laughs> effect to, if that happens. Yes, um, but I mean the, the thing is that iceberg could sit there. Scientists reckon for like up to ten years as it breaks down. So it would be quite a devastating long term effect, especially for the predator species which rely on that sheltered west side of the island to have their chicks and and to to be able to pup. Uh, in terms of seal populations too
0: well th- there was some research um tied to whales and increased numbers of whales of south georgia
1: it well it, there's been some really nice <laughs> really great studies of really nice positive things in terms of wildlife um from south georgia There was a lovely study that that came out um on on the 5th of November and that one was just saying about the return of the humpbacks Um, so obviously there was commercial whaling that took place uh, for a long long time um, until it pretty much decimated whale populations around South Georgia, um, but now they're seeing like large numbers of of humpback groups returning since 2013, and they're still growing in numbers. We're also seeing southern right whales coming into the area in the last 20 years, and also um, fin whales and blue whales. So, I mean, wow. If the iceberg stays out at sea, you know that could be a great thing because all that krill is going to be great food for for the schooling fish, which then and also the whale species that, that are traveling through there. So you know it's sort of like fifty fifty here right now. Mm. <laughs> it be a great. Thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess some of the other the other worries um, in terms of a, a free flowing iceberg, especially one this big, is um, you know it might hit an oil rig. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, you know you've got oil or rips, a ship. Got...
0: <laughs> we, we yeah, know about yeah, ships you know, and icebergs. You know,
1: Titanic, yeah, and that is a very real issue. And and of course, like submerged pipes under the sea surface, um, because they they do drag along the bottom. Um, so you know, it's not necessarily just the worry on wildlife. Um, I'm sure that there's there's quite a few people twitching right now. Um, anybody with with sort of uh, an investment in that particular area um but I I think we were we were briefly talking as well like because the future technology of course I mean the bigger picture of this is this iceberg has has broken off from um, a place called Larson Shelf now Larson Shelf is an area um, of sea ice that stretches off at the top of Antarctica and it's really good at slowing down the movement of other icebergs um, into Iceberg Alley and into the ocean where, you know, they melt and it increases sea level. Um, this huge iceberg that's broken off there um, will have an effect on the integrity of of Larson Shelf, um, which we know has, has sort of been, been fracturing over the years anyway. Um, and But the bigger thing is uh, that ice shelf is is as i said it's glacier fed, and every time these icebergs break off it, it means that the glaciers that almost like rivers, if you can imagine streams running into a river like tributaries, it's kind of the same, but a real slowed down version with glaciers they they flow into this ice shelf. And every time you remove icebergs from there, it means that they can flow faster and also they're thinner, which which has a huge effect when it comes to to the sea level rise and the amount of ice that's actually reaching the ocean.
0: Hmm. So it's uh, it's actually might perpetuate more carving, yeah, or yeah, more it, icebergs it, floating away. It
1: will. Uh, it's, uh, from from everything I've read, it, it sounds like that is a very real possibility. Um, so it's, it's hard to really, really say what's going to happen, but it's a really interesting time in, in our lives because, you know, there's so much satellite technology and the scientists are able to get so much more information now on, on this particular glacial melt, but also, as I said, like using the dust from the past, they can actually really take a, a glimpse into the history and, and sort of compare carbon levels of the past Maybe even project what we might be looking at in the next couple of hundred years in terms of of, of our, um, you know, carbon levels and and temperatures and sea level rise and all sorts of really interesting information there. Um,
0: yeah, it's a it's a fascinating case study this because I think we're all very well aware with global climate change and our warming climate that this kind of event is going to happen with greater frequency. You know, there will probably will be another iceberg of equal proportions uh, or bigger coming in the future because we are losing ice around the world, north and south, at a very rapid rate. So trying to understand uh, how this interacts in the ecosystems that it, that it passes through is really important.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it's also quite interesting because as humans, you know, one of our key skills has always been to adapt, right? So, you know, we we almost um can foresee that there there's going to be some scary negative consequences especially when it comes to climate change and global warming and there's already scientists and and you know, people forward thinking people out there sort of thinking, well, okay, if this is happening, how can we try and use this almost to our advantage? Um so one of the really interesting things that I was looking at is um the concept of of, of being able to to utilize these icebergs. Um so rather than just letting them sit there and, and melt, um, is it possible actually to, to try and transport that fresh water essentially and use it to to use as drinking water or even to irrigate um some of the farmland that is no longer fertile because of climate change, you know, because of these rising temperatures. Um, so, you know, there's there's some interest in. Uh, I guess at this point, most of it's in theory and not practice. But there there was a German study um, that have looked at wrapping icebergs in in plastic, um, and then coming back to, to stop the melt. Like, later to check the water quality. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm just I'm I, in my mind as you' as you were saying this, I, I was just imagining you know this uh, iceberg the size of an island, a big island, South Georgia, <laughs> being towed by twenty boats north. But of course, you can only tow it so far because the further north you tow, the warmer the temperatures and the quicker it melts
1: exactly exactly and you know the biggest thing that breaks up the icebergs is is actually more the wave power and you you can imagine like the pressure on a big berg if you're you were chugging that with a boat is it is gonna most likely start falling apart um so yeah it's quite funny isn't it that this especially that that one material that's so taboo as well in this day <laughs> could be a, again used as one really useful source um to to actually um help humanity and and other places potentially um but i mean it's as i said it's a huge job can you imagine like trying to wrap an entire iceberg i've just got visions of like this huge iceberg wrapped in cling film I
0: I (laughs) i just hope they don't use cling wrap like the stuff i have in my house which never tears properly you know yeah. it's all oh, the, the little teeth never work <laughs> so I, if they're I, gonna do it they need better technology for the teeth that tear it
1: exactly and, and i mean god like getting underneath an iceberg of the, of like a large size as well um but it I seems mean, a
0: little like, impractical to me it seems a little impractical i mean it seems
1: far-fetched doesn't it it's that sort of outside of our imagination that, that we would need to do this right now but like you yeah, say there's already I mean, that's trialed it
0: <laughs> it seems like something out of a it seems like something out of a movie um i yeah I, this is gonna be fascinating i'm gonna watch with with great interest to see what happens with this iceberg and see if it does run aground
1: like i said i mean I, I know i was sort of sat with um a friend who who's worked in um the antarctic areas um and and he was sat showing me that they're basically looking at the wind looking at uh, the the currents and you can you can actually watch the the satellite of where it is like uh, there's so many scientists right now with eyes on it um so we should hopefully see more and more news articles coming out um you know hopefully they're going to make it make it through all of the <laughs> the other stuff that's in the media now
0: well i think i think the world is calming down a little bit after the u.s elections are now behind us <laughs> so now we can go yeah. back to talking about really fascinating i mean that was very important but a really fa- other fascinating things can make it into the news and it won't just be filled with uh, brexit and u.s elections <laughs> hopefully yeah
1: yeah yeah some some actual uh real real time events happening as well um in terms of nature and, and conservation it's going to be interesting
0: it is and it's it's given me an urge this story and and talking to you about it prior to the podcast and today has also given me an urge to go to that part of the world because i i've never i've never even been into the into south america um but i certainly have never been that far that far into the southern hemisphere and it would be amazing to see i've actually never seen penguins which is
1: have you not believe it or not no i haven't no I've never seen that so bad. I've never seen really like the cold ones, but I've definitely seen the, the little guys down in South Africa.
0: <laughs> and for uh, some reason I've always yeah. missed that. I mean, I go there all the time and I've never been I've never seen them in in South Africa. And I mean, they've got them in um uh in New Zealand so as well, sure. but I never saw them. Oh in
1: yeah, New yeah. Yeah, yeah. You need to sort that out, Byron.
0: <laughs> well, well, one day when we can travel again more freely, I, it'll be on my list. <laughs> Thank you so much for digging into this. Uh, it's really interesting. I will stick the link for your Instagram uh, in the show notes so people can follow you because I'm sure that you will be Instagramming about it as more information comes and also a couple of the links to the news topics and some of the science reports and stuff that you referenced in this.
1: Brilliant. Thanks Thanks for having me again. It's been a pleasure. <laughs>
0: Thank you very much, as always, for listening. If you would like to support these podcasts, please head over to patreon.com forward slash Byron Pace. And if you want to read about topics like we discuss in this show, then go over to the Modern Huntsman website and find my monthly column called Into the Anthropocene. The link for that is also in the show notes. We tackle everything from the unexpected consequences of trying to clean up plastics in our oceans and what that might do for certain floating organisms and ecosystems, uh, but also the alleged uh, human rights abuses that the WWF have been linked to. Uh, So you can read all about that on the Into the Anthropocene column on modernhuntsman.com.